This is a podcast by The Business Times. Welcome to Podcast by The Business Times. I'm your host, Howie Lim. Now, the approach of backing quality companies over cheap, low-quality firms has merits that are difficult to deny. But with one of the main themes this year being the supposed rotation to value, the idea that expensive growth shares will end their run, and it's now time for those cheap, hammered companies to have their day in the sun, where does that leave quality investing? We're speaking to John Capetta, Head Private Banking, Asia Advisor 91 today, for more insights. This episode is brought to you by 91. John, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Howie. I'm delighted to be here. So let's start off with quality investing not being a very new approach. Is it challenging to articulate, though, a clear definition of quality? I mean, what are your views? How would you define quality? Yeah, this is a great starting point. You know, great question. Uh, I think everyone would probably know that, you know, over the past five to 10 years, growth has been in vogue. You know, it's these high tech, low quality companies that have really dominated the headlines for the past five, 10 years. But also we've seen in the past six months, you know, a significant turn in fortunes with regards to these type of companies as well. So if you would ask me, how do we define quality? And the definition of quality is a distinctive attribute or characteristic possessed by someone or something. And in this case, the something is some of these global quality companies that we look for. So quality investing is an investment strategy based on a set of clearly defined fundamental criteria that seeks to identify companies with outstanding quality characteristics. What do we believe these five distinct attributes are? Pretty straightforward. So if we had to define what is a quality company, Howie, it would be hard to replicate or enduring competitive advantages, a company that has dominant market positions in stable, growing industries. What's more important as we continue to move forward, companies that have low sensitivity to the economic and market cycle. And with rising interest rates, inflation, you definitely want to find companies that have healthy balance sheets and are low capital intensity as well as sustainable cash generation and effective management teams that know how to effectively diversify their capital with regards to research and development for future opportunities. You put those five together, and then there's another layer that we like to call three high and one low for quality companies. The three high, Howie, we like to find companies with high quality profits, meaning free cash flow conversion. We like to find companies with high growth rates, which in turn is basically free cash flow growth. We like to find high profitability and that the low we like to look for, which is vital, is low leverage. That's how we would sort of define what quality is in terms of a strategy and what quality is in terms of the type of companies that we look for. What kind of crazy long list is that, John? Is it exhaustive though? Because from a layperson's perspective, obviously one would think bigger companies are arguably quality, right? But they're also not insulated from, say, volatile conditions. Does this mean they don't fall under quality? I mean, what are the sorts of companies you like then? And which ones would you avoid and why? Yeah, that's, you know, there are, as you know, there's thousands and thousands of companies in the investable market. Yeah. But starting off with our experience, you know, this quality investing is something that we've been perfecting this approach since 2008. So you really want to start off with a screen. But where we try to differentiate ourselves, Howie, when it comes to the, the universe that we look at or the companies that we consider to you know, possess these quality components, the benchmarks today, you know, the current benchmarks of the MSCI world, or let's say the S&P 500, 
they are littered with all the high-flying tech companies that dominated the headlines for the past five to 10 years. To really find these companies, we prefer to look beyond benchmarks. You know, so the key is to take a highly differentiated approach to traditional benchmarks. You know, so to achieve this, the companies defined as quality offer a viable option. They possess enduring competitive advantage that enable them to deliver strong-term structural growth. And what's more important is that this makes them really resilient during times of economic stress due to revenues being repeatable. And with the ability to generate cash flows, regardless of the macro backdrop, they could potentially outperform the wider market and hopefully sustain, if these companies are paying a dividend, continue to be able to pay and sustain their dividends going forward. In current market environment, the market has slightly turned quickly to value. You see some of the names in the energy area doing well, some specific name with regards to materials or natural resources. But over the long term, areas that we do like to avoid because they just don't have those quality components we look for, you know, during inflationary periods, we try to avoid, we want to avoid lower quality, capital intensive companies with high cost basis, which may struggle in a difficult environment. So that tends to have us lead away or move away from energy, utilities and resources. Then, John, what are the benefits of investing in what's deemed quality equities for investors? Also, is it at the expense of something? Well, this is the timeless nature of quality. And the experience of the 91 quality team is critical differentiator for investors. In particular, there's three core characteristics which will help insulate quality businesses from the damage of inflation or higher rates as we move forward. Those three areas, you know, one, you want to have a company or a quality company that possesses pricing power. Pricing power is certainly an enduring competitive advantage based on attributes such as brand, intellectual property, unique content, networks. Uh, which creates significant barriers to entry, you know, in turn, ensuring quality companies can sustain healthy profit levels. Second one is low capital intensity. You know, businesses backed by intangible assets rather than capital intensive ones will be much less impacted by inflation or required capital expenditure costs. And what I mentioned earlier, the third one, just in terms of the benefits of investing in quality equities, is the need for a healthy balance sheet. A low level of debt is an enviable position for any company to be in, especially in the face of higher rates that would drive up funding costs. So top of the mind right now, I think for most investors, are those three areas that I just touched on. You know, investors are concerned about higher rates going forward, and they're also concerned about the high levels of inflation. So, you know, going forward, you know, the next 10 years of this investment cycle, the next 10 years of the market cycle, Howie, is probably going to look significantly different than the past 10 years, mm. just in terms of where we are from an economic point of view. When you say investors, investors, John, what type of investors? The institutional, the retail, who's most suitable for this kind of quality investing approach, you reckon? Both. So we have, we have been seeing some significant interest from our institutional investors uh, because they know in the market that 91 is known for quality. But from where I cover, obviously, I deal with uh, the private banks, high net worth investors, retail investors. For them, of course, you know, they would have to, first and foremost, they would have to understand their own investment profile, right? If you're a conservative investor, you know, you have to understand that quality equities, you're still taking exposure to the equity market. But this is for each individual, you know, listener to determine his or her uh, investor profile. But with that being said, you know, many of the high-flying low-quality, aggressive tech companies have been severely punished the past six months or so. You know, hopefully for your listeners, 
you know, they were able to steer clear of this wreckage because it has been extremely brutal. Climbing back. Names have been withheld to protect the guilty. I'm I'm withholding names to protect the guilty. Yes. I'm sure you'll be able to pick up the business times and you'll probably see some of these names in the headline. But what what investors need to understand, you know, climbing back from a huge loss, Howie, is asking a lot, you know, especially with the forward-looking market challenges investors will will face as we continue to move down this road. And a 50% loss, a 50% loss in a single stock, it requires a 100% gain just to break even again. And with where we are in terms of this economic cycle, you know, trying to get a 100% increase to try and recover a 50% loss, that's asking a lot. So put simply, quality equities could be a core allocation to any portfolio, not only can this provide greater certainty in an uncertain world, it's also an investment goal that can enable portfolios to outperform the benchmark over the long term, too. You know, we are we are in a period of investors want instant gratification. And, you know, I've been doing this for 31 years, Howie. And, you know, investing is not a sprint. Successful investing is a marathon. Um, and you have to be able to be patient. You know, make sure you're dealing with experienced portfolio managers or experienced investors who can sort of keep you on track. Because even though there's a lot of volatility in the market, volatility creates opportunity, but you also need someone who can walk you through these difficult periods of unexpected or significant market volatility. Tortoises we shall be. Yes. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. John Capetta is from 91. He's the head of private banking, Asia advisor there. This episode is brought to you by 91. John, where do you find long-term growth themes then within the quality universe today? There are themes that we like, but we don't necessarily build anything from a top-down point of view. So it's not like we're trying to identify these themes first and then you know fill them in. But just briefly, where we're seeing more of these opportunities pop up from the bottom-up research that we do, among the quality companies available today, we like areas within technology software. We like some of the standout global quality companies available within consumer staples. Of course, we continue to find really interesting opportunities in healthcare. Those are areas that we certainly like. But again, I think one of the driving forces behind doing this bottom-up work and trying to find these individual companies, how we is that quality companies future-proof. They future-proof their businesses by continually investing in research and development. This has a dual benefit of driving product innovation and, more importantly, strengthening their barriers to entry. It gives them that moat around their business. So as we went into COVID, the quality companies that have substantial cash, they don't have a lot of leverage, they were able to sort of use this, this cash at that time to improve their business to make sure that they're heading in the right track, that when the world does reopen, they're going to continue to maintain their leading position within their sector or within their subsector. That's a sign of a quality company that we like to see. Those companies that hold those five attributes, strong management, and they know how to spend the money wisely. And long-term growth is what we're looking into because time in the market, right? Rather than timing the market. Correct. Absolutely. You know, that that's one thing I like to say to all my clients. It's it's not timing the market. You know, to be a successful investor, it's time in the market. And one other thing that I've been sort of discussing quite a bit, as I mentioned earlier, 
you know, I, tr- I truly think the next 10 years market environment could look significantly different than the past 10 years. Stop scaring us, John. <laughs> As you know, there's high inflation. You know, we are expecting all this uh, capital that was injected into the markets by central banks to sort of start to come out of the markets. We think we're going to see a higher interest rates. That shouldn't scare anybody. I mean, those are there's investment opportunities that can be made during these type of situations. And quality investing is certainly one. But what I like to tell investors is you can't invest by looking through your rear view mirror. Most of the times, if we drive in our car or let's say we're in a taxi or a grab, the rear view mirror is usually a lot clearer than the front window. But too many investors have been positioning their portfolios by looking in the rear view mirror. In order to be successful going forward, you do have to do your best to look out the front windshield, try and look down the road around the curve to determine where you should be positioning your portfolio, which makes sense for the coming environment that we're probably going to see as we move forward. What about learning from history? Yeah, we always learn from history, right? And I think that's one thing that's important for me as well. And not only me, but, you know, 91, you know, we, we, we were formed, we were born in 1991 and we have 30, 31 years of organic growth. I like to say this is not our first uh, rodeo. You know, we, we, we've been through market environments like this because of our experience. You know, we know how to navigate, not to say that we're going to be able to su- successfully navigate the short term. You know, that's almost impossible to do. Hmm. Howie, if you and I can navigate these short terms, um, you know, we might we be, would be on a beach. That's with right. A sunny drink. Yep. Th- absolutely. But, you know, investors have to hopefully embrace these changes that are taking place. Hopefully they shouldn't be too concerned because, you know, investors are familiar with growth. And if their portfolios were positioned to growth over the past five years, you know, according to the MSCI All Country World Growth Index, as of the end of January, that index has delivered a five-year annualized return of 17.2%. You know, that's sensational returns, but we also have to realize that, you know, returns like that, you know, are not always on the cards as we move forward. That's when you just have to start to reposition your portfolio and understand that, you know, previous market cycles are not going to necessarily repeat themselves in the next market cycle. But there will be investment opportunities out there for those who can sort of do the research and understand where these markets are heading and plan accordingly. So then how can investors go about doing their due diligence? There's the axiom, you know, invest in what you know. Correct. What if you know nothing like Jon Snow? (laughs) Well, obviously, you know, in today's day and age, when I first started this career in 1991, we really had to open up the textbooks to try and do our research. Nowadays, you know, with the internet, First and foremost, Howie, if I can ask your listeners, they can be they can go to our 91 website. That's where you'll find a lot of insight, a lot of reports that we publish with regards to quality investing. But, you know, these days, this day and age, there's a ton of research, ton of information available on the Internet. Even if they just start off, just go to the Google and say, what is quality investing? Um, how do I how do I invest in quality stocks? They can get a lot of information. If they're doing it on their own, there are resources out there for them to to access. If they're dealing with you know an investment advisor, they can easily call their their private banker or their their wealth advisor just to ask them if quality investing is for them and what should they be doing with their current portfolio, given the potential changes that might take place within the within the world within the economy as we move forward. And thank you so much for your time today, John. My pleasure, Howie. Thank you for having us. 
We've been discussing quality investing with John Capetta. He's head of private banking, Asia advisor at 91. This episode is brought to you by 91. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.